The following podcast is equivalent to a TVMA rating, thanks to the author's strong and frequent use of adult language and graphic recollection of her sexual escapades. We strongly advise listening alone or with an extremely open-minded, politically incorrect companion, such as a gay bestie. Welcome to another episode of How Bitches Are Made in Quarantine. We're your hosts, Rachel Melvin. And Kevin Barrett. What up, guys? <laughs> How's it going? Good morning, good morning. This is the first time we're recording a podcast at the ass crack of morning. I can't say dawn because it's not that early. Yeah, the sun's up a little bit right now. It's almost 9 o'clock, but... But the sun comes up very early in the desert. It does. If you're not careful. We also go to bed late. (laughs) We did go to bed late. We go to bed late and we get up early because we're very, very busy people. Yeah, we had a good planning night last night and we decided, you know what, let's do this in the morning. (laughs) Um, I got my triple venti, half sweet, non-fat caramel macchiato. What are you drinking? (laughs) I'm drinking... I believe, is this from the Keurig or from the French press? Yeah, I gave you a Keurig pod. Okay, so I believe (laughs) it's Starbucks with some whipped cream because we didn't have any other milk option or milk alternative, rather. Yeah, and I'm not that fancy. I'm actually just chewing coffee grounds with some hot water. (laughs) It's delicious. Welcome to all of our uh, returning listeners and welcome, a special welcome to our first time listeners. Um, If you guys haven't already checked out other episodes of the podcast, I specifically want to recommend our introductory mini-sode, which explains to you very concisely the cycle of how a bitch is made and might help you understand some references we make on these episodes uh, because it also further helps you to understand the concept while joining me on my journey. So any reference we make, you'll just be in the loop. You won't feel left out. So make sure you listen to it. I think it's like a three-minute episode. And then... Um, it's by far better than any of these episodes we're making <laughs> right now. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, it is really fun, though. And then, um, of course, season one is available. And we'll be back with our regular format for season two uh, sometime in the future when this quarantine ends. Because even though the stay-at-home order is up for most people, it is not for others. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So Kevin and I actually just got back to the desert because we had to drive to LA. And the reason for that is because San Bernardino County, where we have our rental properties, this stay at home order has been lifted. So we're able to run business as usual. And whenever we have our house rented now, we drive back to Los Angeles to stay in our apartment. It's like a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Except but it's, instead it's of also... uh, now that the veil's lifted, our vacation's going back to quarantine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Kind of funny because it has not been lifted in LA. It has not been lifted in LA. So it's kind of a weird mind fuck. And uh, of course, I wanted to make that the topic this week. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So as you guys know from listening to previous episodes, I am extremely elated and thrilled to be back to business as usual, quite literally, because that means I have money coming in, which is a huge relief and stress reliever. But it is kind of a pain in the ass to be, as my fellow Jewish friends say, schlepping back and forth. <laughs> um, we got our go bag. Yeah. So Kevin and I have actually, if also if you listen to former episodes, we were talking about this new endeavor we're doing called Food Shelter Sex, which is all about uh, cooking food and having conversations about 
shelter, recipes, thrills, adventures, health and wellness. And that was still very much in the early stages of development, but we are planning to build a structure, Mm -hmm. I'll say, in the next few months to where we don't have to leave the desert every time our properties are rented out because it's getting to be very taxing. And and also, because we're going back to L.A., slightly depressing. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I was a little bit taken aback by it. And once we have this structure, we'll just kind of wander into the backyard, into our other <laughs> structure. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's super weird that these counties are doing, excuse me, coffee burp. <laughs> Again, we haven't never done these in the morning, so it's it's a little bit different. Should have done less foam. Um, <laughs> we... Uh, Going back to L.A. was was a weird thing. And I think when, with different restrictions in different counties, not only is it confusing, but I think it causes us to have conflicting maybe opinions and thoughts and ideas about this whole situation. It has for me. Yeah, this was a strange one because not only did we just get opened up for Airbnb, this first weekend is Memorial Day, mm-hmm. which is kind of strange that I didn't even think about it when they were saying they were lifting it on the 15th, but that was the week before Memorial Day. Yeah. Which makes me think when we get into the other, you know, conspiracy part, why why was it lifted for this specific Oh no, wait, weekend? let's just go there right now. You want to? Yeah, right. it's the let's morning. It. I'm a lot more lax. Hey. We don't have to stick to the outline. We'll just go. Yeah. I mean, my my kind of theory, you were talking to me before. We have a trip planned for uh, the 4th of July. Yeah. And we kept talking about, oh, maybe it's not going to be lifted. Like, you know, are I knew we going to be able to I knew do it? it would be, just you for the did. record. You did. And that's what I'm saying. So the fact that 4th of July, of course, America is not going to, you know, give that up. That's what you were saying, you know. Like, right. We're no going to celebrate. We're going to do it. Well, they opened up for Memorial Day weekend and... People are partying. People are having fun. Uh, it was very strange leaving the desert because we left on a Friday. Saturday. We left Saturday. Oh, we did leave on the yeah. Saturday. Yeah. And Joshua Tree has been dead. D E D dead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's um, been a ghost town. It's been really eerie. Yeah, but how was Saturday? Especially because it's like all Western themed. So it actually like feels like you're back in time and civilization yeah, but, doesn't exist. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, sagebrush just blown across. Or tumbleweeds, I tumbleweed. guess you call it. Yeah. It could be, you know, it sagebrush. Is, it is sagebrush. Dried out. Who yeah, knows? It is. That's oh, what tumbleweeds are. Do you are. know? Yeah. You actually know. Yeah, I'm from Nevada. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> from Phoenix. I don't sagebrush know. sagebrush people. Um, That's very funny. <laughs> but Saturday... Was a madhouse in Joshua Tree. We it was crazy. We were trying crazy. to get out of here and tourist central. It oh was my like gosh. the floodgates just opened we up. We tried to stop and get fast food. And oh. and we pulled in and I looked at the line and I go, nope. And nope. I turned right instead of left into the drive-thru. We were running behind and we're like, oh, let's grab something really quick. Like we don't have time. We just cleaned up the Airbnb yeah. and we're jetting. And, yeah, yeah, we didn't eat our first meal till four o'clock because lines were so long everywhere. Yeah, and it's a problem because it's six feet away, but it's like, you know, 14 feet away with cars. <laughs> yeah. And so that line was miles. It, it was insane. And yeah, so then we then we drive to L.A. and whoa, this was so weird. Sagebrush. It Wait, was, <laughs> yeah, the sage. The yeah. tumbleweeds have blown all the way <laughs> to two counties over. Yeah. It was so crazy. So in my neighborhood in L.A., we, Kevin and I went to, you know, go 
again, it never fails. We went to go get more weed. (laughs) (laughs) And we took those scooters out. Essential businesses. Essential businesses. It's medicinal. (laughs) So we we took the like birds, limes, those scooters. We took them to go to my spot. And they had like... The streets shut down in the neighborhoods, which I thought was so cool. They had those... Local access only. Yeah, like the, caution. What do you call um, that? It wasn't caution tape. It, those No, those those uh, signs, the um, sandwich boards. Yeah, you know? like yeah. construction blocks or whatever. But yeah. they had those in on one of the blocks, like for miles. It went all the way through, yeah. like into West Hollywood. And it was just locals only. And people were just riding their bikes. You know what it felt like? It felt like a neighborhood had shut down for the 4th of July. Or there was like a neighborhood block party. party. Exactly. It was so, it was so cool. We should have brought the barbecue out. Because at that point it was like 9 o'clock on a Saturday. And we were just scooting down an empty street. And no (laughs) one was out. I was like, this is insane. It was very, very weird. It was super cool. I kind of, I kind (laughs) of wish that. That it was might like stick that around. Time. Oh, and Rachel lives in West Hollywood-ish, I guess. Yeah. Um, and we can never find parking anywhere. I don't know how we did it, but like two or three times in oh, a row, yeah. we parked directly in front of your. I mean, apartment. I know why that is, but I can't explain it without giving exact giving away exactly where I live, which I'm not going to. But it's basically because everything is shut down, there's less people coming into my neighborhood. That's what I'll say. Oh, okay. So it's now it's just the people in the oh, apartments parking, of and a lot of us and stuff that would right. be on main thoroughfares, and yeah, yeah okay. and a lot of us have garages to our buildings, so we don't have to park on the street. So there's just there's less cars. There should be permit parking anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's a different thing. So when we got to LA and then we had to go to the grocery store and it was still like line outside to get in, six feet apart, masks required. And here in San Bernardino County, there are no more masks required. Actually, that whole week that we had to ourselves where it was still dead, you know, before mm-hmm. like the, the tourists came in on the weekends, masks are not required in San No, Bernardino. as of May 15th. Yeah. So we were... Going on our merry way, like we didn't have to wear masks if we didn't want to. Most people weren't, not even the employees are required, you know. Uh, But something strange this weekend, as soon as the tourists started coming back in, all of them started putting up their mask signs again. Oh, they did? All the gas stations, like uh, a lot of the grocery stores. Very strange because they all of a sudden were like, oh shit, we got all these tourists, like mad flow, like. Put, put signs back up. Well, so that's the thing that I was pointing out to Kevin. There were two things that I observed that I thought were very weird, as speaking of conspiracies. Okay, so one was on May 15th. Literally, May 15th. I Day walked of. into Walmart. Suddenly, there's toilet paper. Suddenly, stocked. there's paper towels. Everything is stocked. I go, into, I go into Home Depot. Same thing. There. Are they still only limiting one? You know, no. I didn't look for those signs. Yeah. I didn't notice them because I didn't grab anymore. Because it was all stock. But I was, was like, like, that what? is so crazy. And I, what was ironic is I went to Walmart looking for a string to repair this um, leather butterfly chair I have. And all of the craft aisles were completely clean, wiped clean. It looked like the toilet paper and paper towel aisles. I was shocked by this, but then you mentioned Oh, I was why. like... 
Yeah, because people are so desperate to entertain all these kids that are at home yeah. that there's like, oh, let's paint. Oh, let's, you know, make jewelry. Let's crochet or knit. So yeah. everything was gone for like three aisles. Makes sense. All these kids aren't in school. Like they don't have their right. normal craft projects or, you know, and all, Well, and also or... that, that fabric store shut down. So that's oh, yeah. the only source now. All these stores were closed where they sell art supplies. So you right. have everybody, like this is a community of artists. So people were going there to grab all that stuff. But it was so crazy. The minute paper towels are back, like that shit's gone. Yeah. <laughs> it was so goofy. And then the second thing was, I think it's weird that these counties have different restrictions because yes, now like Newsom and Garcetti are like, oh, we're not opening LA until the end of July or until there's a cure. Fine, but you have to understand that when you do that, your stay-at-home order is not, people are not staying at home. They're going to neighboring counties, which spreads the virus more than you just coming out of lockdown like the rest of the counties. That's that's my opinion. Yeah, I think if everybody uh, over this time has done their part and has stayed in and everything, I don't think... I don't, I don't know just because of the sheer number of people in LA. Right. I don't know if that actually quantifies that there's more coronas there or corona there, you know? Like San Bernardino did have less and everything, mm-hmm. but like I don't I don't know if it really matters. Either open it all up or keep it all shut down. It's it's I it, and I know I'm a hypocrite in saying that because we did talk last week about, you know, um, small little, you know, beach towns being able to have their own I locals go and stuff. I don't think but. it's a hypocritical thing. I think it's looking at both sides of the coin. And I think that that's what makes this situation so complicated and confusing. I pulled up some links um, to three different articles about this exact topic because I do think that an inconsistency creates... A contradiction in all of us. We don't know how to feel. To feel. I'm about to sneeze. <coughs> bless you. Thank you. That well, was says, bless. <laughs> okay. So, so this is the DOJ warns LA officials that the stay home extension may be arbitrary and unlawful. Again, I I will post this on how bitches are made under podcast references episode seven. A Trump administration official wrote in a strongly worded letter Friday to Los Angeles officials that he was concerned that the mayor and county health director were taking, quote, an arbitrary and heavy-handed approach to continuing stay-at-home order requirements, end quote. The letter from Eric Dryband, I think it's Dryband, Assistant Attorney General for the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division, came in response to comments from L.A. Mayor Garcetti, who had asserted in a Good Morning America interview last week that the city will, quote, never be completely open until we have a cure, end quote, for the coronavirus, which has claimed more than 3,600 lives in California. He says, I think we all have to recognize that we're not moving beyond COVID-19. We're learning to live with it. Dryban also noted recent remarks by L.A. County Public Health Director Barbara Frayer, who said last week that, quote, with all certainty, end quote, a form of stay-at-home restrictions will remain in place for the county's 10 million residents for the next three months. Frayer later clarified her remarks, saying that, quote, while the safer at-home orders will remain in place over the next few months, restrictions will gradually relax. That sentence was hard for me to get through. I didn't feel like repeating no. myself. That's a trait I get from my father. I apologize. There's more. Um, <laughs> Dryban warned in his letter to Garcetti and Fair that the continued restrictions may be arbitrary and unlawful. 
He says, quote, reports of your recent public statements indicate that you suggested the possibility of long-term lockdown of the residents in the city and county of L.A., regardless of the legal justification for, for such restrictions. Any such approach may be both arbitrary and, and unlawful. Garcetti responded by saying, look, we are not guided by politics in this. We are guided by science. We are guided by collaboration. So talking to industry and talking to business owners and talking to employees and labor groups together with science, the numbers will always guide us forward. There is nothing else. There is no games. There's nothing else going on. I'm going to stop reading the article there just to save time. It's quite lengthy and goes into more depth. Again, it will be available on howbitchesaremade.com. Now, on the flip side, we have San Bernardino reopened some businesses after reporting that it has flattened the curve. San Bernardino County residents are able to be out and about once again after officials approved the reopening of restaurants for dine-in services and stores for walk-in shopping. I didn't know we did that. Mm -hmm. Did you? No, I didn't. Okay. No. I was like, going to go to an H&M the other day, and I was like, well, why bother? <laughs> I was in L.A., though. The government said in a statement on Saturday that it has flattened the curve and has secured resources to keep coronavirus under control in the county. Many were excited to get back to support the community and get back to things that were once part of their daily lives. Orange County and Riverside County also recently announced similar guidelines, allowing some semblance of pre-COVID-19 times. While restaurants and shops are open for business, county officials say other businesses like salons and movie theaters... Remain closed until further notice. I laugh because it's like those places are typically sterile. It's kind of like yeah. how we've been getting these. I was just telling Kevin, we've been getting these inquiries from guests who have booked with us asking us, you know, what we're doing to help prevent spread COVID-19. And my response to that is I'm like, God, if they're so nervous about traveling, should you be traveling? And and I think their concerns are coming from this conflicting information. Well, if this county's doing this and this county's doing that, I don't know if I should be uptight or, or relaxed. Yeah. Well, and being in L.A., everyone is super uptight. Super uptight. Compared to our, you know, little bubble that we're living in, like where everybody's way more relaxed and we haven't seen that many problems. People in L.A. are strict. Like, they are strict. strict. And it's you can, you can feel the tension there. Yeah. And We went into a coffee shop, and this coffee shop is, I mean, 1,500 square feet. Mm -hmm. It's, it's yeah. big. And they're letting one person in at a time. Like, I opened the door, and somebody was across the room at the register, you know, and they put their hand up, like, get out. And I'm like, okay, cool. But... It's one at a time. I was like, this is interesting. Yeah. And you and I have been it's talking. It's six feet. It's, you know, 24 feet. I've been. Exactly. Exactly. I was, I was talking to you as we were driving the other day where I'm just like, there's just so much inexplicable shit that's going on that it's just making me wonder. Like, I had said to my friend Brooke, who pointed out some great things, but she had said, you know, or I had said to her rather, it just... You, I don't know that I believe in coincidences, and there are a lot of coincidences happening here. Happening here, I'm not saying that I don't think COVID exists by any fucking means. People are obviously getting sick and dying, but um, as we were listening to the Elon Musk and Joe Rogan mm -hmm. podcast yesterday, they were sort of echoing the same sentiment that I have, which is, are we overreacting? Are we are we causing panic and concern, which we should be doing, but are we doing it? too much are you know are we overcorrecting a problem that we don't have i'm all about being cautious and taking preventative measures but i do think you have to be careful because people really do overreact then they hoard toilet paper and they do all these all of these things which aren't 
absolutely necessary in certain areas. And it's hard not to overreact when every single government in the world is making a huge deal about this. And it's almost like they made a mistake by making a big deal of this because now they're stuck in it. Like, you know, within the first weeks, within the first month, they, you know, put such a push on this. And now they're scrambling to, you know, make make sense of it. So know? when I had explained this to Brooke, what Excuse Brooke me. had said is, Ooh, we're all Excuse sneezing. Uh-oh. Oh. No. <laughs> what I had said to Brooke was, and again, for those of you who don't know, I refer to my Brooke I refer to my Brooke. (laughs) I refer to my friend Brooke Brooke often. She's been a guest on this podcast before. She did the commentary with me on the Miss Americana and like episode of this podcast. And she's just, she has an autoimmune disease. So she's really well versed and staying on top of all the Corona stuff. And so she had explained to me, she said, you know, I would caution you to word it a very specific way because this is what's really going on and I do think that this is what's going on. It's not that, you know, this there's no serious threat with this. Obviously there is. What she said was uh, there was an extreme mishandling of this by our government. When And when she explained it to me, I think it made sense. So Brooke is my friend who came up and visited. We had all got tested. We stayed in the house. And she was saying to me, there's no reason that that shouldn't be the norm. There should be mass testing available to everybody. There's no reason that people shouldn't be able to get tested and take the proper precautions necessary to avoid the spread and also continue life like normal. And she had some really interesting insights on how we would have been able to do that. I can try to (laughs) explain what she said to me. She was explaining a little bit about how the virus works. Rather than doing that here at the fear and risk of completely butchering it, I'm going to put this video on the website at howbitchesaremade.com that will really explain it. But she it's was saying... It's a really cool like, animated yeah. video that kind of dummy proofs it in a very scientific, smart way. Yeah, the guy's got an English accent, so you'll enjoy listening to it, unless you're Kevin Barrett, because he's weird and... No, love the English. Uh-huh. Well, I yeah. do. I do. Uh-huh. Hey, that wasn't... <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> he loves me. the English, but that he hates fake English bad. accents. I hate fake Okay, so anyway, um, except I went into an Australian accent there. But anyhow, okay, so she was telling me that the problem with corona is that uh, typically with a virus, it attaches to a cell, and, and when you create a vaccine, you are able to remove it from the cell. The problem with corona is... It is getting embedded in the cell. Again, I could be totally butchering this. This is a game of telephone. Are you a scientist? And you can't extract it once it's in there. So what they're having to do when they create this virus is figure out a way to prevent it from being able to attach and burrow into that cell and spread. So she was like, that's the problem. Now you have people that are testing atypical, people that are testing positive and people that are testing uh, negative. She was saying it makes sense when you have people ages like, I think she said 18 to 35. Those are the predominant, that's the predominant age group of people that are atypical. And when they're walking around. Atypical or immune. Because there are immune people too that just don't get it. Right. So when you have those people, if they know that they're carriers or whatever, assuming like testing was available to everybody, if they know that they're carrying it, They can take proper precautions, like when they go out, they can wear a face mask, they can maintain social distancing, but they should still be able to like have people over that have also tested atypical 
or immune over in their house. They should be able to see those people privately, be outside, do those things. And people that know that they're susceptible should also, when they go out, take precautions. Mm-hmm. Well, this is this is what they explained actually on that same Joe Rogan podcast is Asia's got this down because they're they're right. very used to wearing masks and everything. And if somebody has a cough, if somebody has, you know, any sort of fever don't go out if you have a fever but when they go out into public if they have a cough they wear a mask and nobody judges them nobody cares it's just oh thanks for you know thinking of my well-being right yeah and i actually have another website here pulled up where it says um the who praises not the band uh (laughs) praises china for openness on coronavirus and this is all live updates and it says basically just how china has handled it and it, they they are learning this uh, from SARS because SARS is just another form of Corona that mm-hmm. you know happened back in early two thousands and that's where they really took on wearing masks and is that what we're doing right now is this America's SARS is this the world SARS where this is going to be a form of you know ten years from now we might be like oh if I have a cough mask no problem and you know it's going to be the new norm as everybody says yeah it is interesting to see how re like the reason i pulled up this website is because it has um it's live updates of what's going on everywhere and it will be what i was going to say is it'll be very interesting to see how these other counties and states that are opening up before other counties and states how it goes Mm -hmm. i have one problem with this whole thing i mean just one just one (laughs) just a single solitary one uh, one of my problems I have with this is scientific testing, just like getting the the um, uh, vaccine. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of testing. You know, everybody says it's 15 to 18 months or more uh, to find the vaccine or the cure for this. How are they judging opening up? Are they just judging it off of like the hospital, you know, records and everything because they're is no way to test all these people right now. They right. don't have a rapid test that is available in that quantity. They have it for, you know, frontline workers and stuff that can take rapid tests daily, um, take fever checks, do all that. But for all the people that have been at home, there's no way of testing. So how do you even know that you flatten the curve without reopening, one, to see what the hell happens? Or two, how, how the heck are they... They're leaving it up to each county, and I see why they're saying this is unlawful for L.A. because it's, you know, basically imprisoning their people mm-hmm. in this situation. Another thing, you keep just one county locked off for that long, all those stimulus checks that they were doing, the $1,200 and stuff, is L.A. County going to still get relief for those people right. that are stuck? But then everybody else is like, well, I lost my job and I can't right. get back to work. Why, why don't I get money? I, you know, no, the whole, the whole thing is a mess. Here. And that's why I think it, it's nothing is clear. Everything is conflicting. I think that is why people are so frustrated. And I think probably most people are erring on the side of caution and they're being overly cautious. And I go back to when we have guests writing us, asking mm-hmm. us what we're doing. And I'm like, well, then why are they traveling if they're concerned? It's like because they need to get the hell because out. <laughs> they they do they want to travel and I think that they probably think it's safe but there's that little voice in them that's like 
but what if it's not? Yeah. I have that voice all the time. It's like I came in to clean. I have cleaners come, but I came in and I cleaned everything because mm-hmm. I was like, on the off chance it is in here, like I better be safe. Well, and what we've been doing at our Airbnbs, the other houses, Airbnb gave us like a, a list of yeah, they have know, a checklist precautions and like how to clean and disinfect and all that stuff. But it's not what, different from what we normally do. No, our guests are so incredibly lucky because we are so anal and so <laughs> OCD about everything because that's how we live anyway. When we clean yeah. this place after we've lived here for months, really wasn't that big of a deal. We kind no, of put our right. shit away and, you know, did our normal cleaning as usual. But I understand. Like, if I was going to go to an Airbnb... Well, we've been to some Airbnbs that, yeah, they're not like us. Yeah, they don't flush the toilets. You're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, we went to one, remember the one we stayed in here that had, like, mice poop underneath the cabinets and... Yeah, but they had a pool table. That was all I was (laughs) stoked about. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I I don't know. I I think uh, it's, it's just a mess. And I think Brooke's point was, you know, it's a bit disheartening and disappointing. And I think we heard this on other podcasts, too, that it's just like we are a first world country and we're arguably the biggest country, most powerful country in the world. How are we not taking the lead on this? We were listening to a podcast, remember? And they were, we were yeah. they were equating it to like how we took action for when, the wars, for the for wars and stuff like that. And we completely, but viruses. then I had said, people forget, like the U.S. sits back for a minute, they observe, and then they intervene. But I do think that expectations for us were higher than we ultimately delivered. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone's really struggling with, like, can we trust our government? What do we trust? Well, the the problem with our government is um, our leader right now, he, he loves Twitter and he loves saying shit. And I think that's one flaw on our end is uh, it, talking down about something before we actually know about it. Or blindly believing that everything we're told right yeah. i'm all about questioning everything everybody this is now the everybody. third time i'm referencing this this is why i don't like political parties and why i encourage everybody to be an independent <laughs> because you shouldn't just do what somebody says without doing your research and forming your own opinion regardless of whether or not that opinion fits with within the party that you affiliate with i yeah. mean i feel the same way about religion but i'm not i'm gonna step off the soapbox before i even get to the i like sitting in Top. the very middle of the circle in a swivel chair and just hear everybody's opinions around me and then make my own yeah. choice, you know? This, this whole thing is is pretty interesting. Um, I, I I guess we there's really no conclusion to everything that we were just talking about. I think it's just... It, it's interesting to be a part of two counties that are feeling very extreme right now, obviously. And so close to each other. And so close you know, to each other. It's not New York, LA. It's it's hours away. Yeah. And I mean, there's things I like and dislike about both. Again, being in LA and not having traffic and, and no one on the streets. That is, it is kind of a cool feeling. I also think because travel's restricted, there's not a lot of tourism happening. So you get to see people that are locals and it feels more chill and the business is dead. So it's not like this crazy hamster wheel that we're all just like running, 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 running and never taking a break. 
those aspects of it are really, really nice. Also, I know this was one thing that you're bummed you didn't get to see when I ordered Postmates the other day. I got a Lola robot delivery, which was so crazy. Oh my God, it was nuts. Robots are taking over. No, this robot literally came and delivered me my food and then just drove off. And I was like, whoa, which excites me as much as it terrifies me because that's Mm -hmm. our future. Yeah, you walk outside, and as soon as your phone was close to the robot, it like yeah. unlocked it uh, and, yeah, and gave me like my food. Get your food. The th- I am I'm so upset with you. I know I'm that you. So d- upset wait, why? I recorded it. I know you did, and I wish I would have known before. I-, I asked Rachel. I was like, normally you communicate with your postmate. You know, hey, can you grab some extra? napkins or you know like yeah. oh can you check that this this is in there or whatever i've never communicated with my postmate oh, you i've gotta just have been a like dude are you here <laughs> yeah. no hey postmates are people too Actually, wait no, no they're not on. they're it's, robots it's you it's usually i don't communicate with them at all it's yeah. usually them texting me i'm outside can you let me in i've been here for 45 like, minutes like, yeah if you're like you, i'm in the bath well i mean you know, use a doorbell. It's like no one in LA knows how to use a buzzer. Yeah. They're like afraid of human interaction, which so, now makes sense. But before there was so no excuse. The reason why I was upset with you though. Yeah. Is because I want, I wanted you to have a conversation with a robot. I would have wanted to. Oh my do, gosh. You know, like, Hey Lola, what's up? It was so weird because there was a camera on Lola. it. So I just felt like somebody was watching me like from behind a computer screen. It was very weird. I would have asked her like, what's your favorite wheel? You got four of them. Is it your front left? How do you feel about humans? I wonder if somebody's behind there, like typing. I'm trying so hard to think of a funny joke right now. You know, it'd be hilarious if Lola started answering back. It's crazy though because, like, I love that, but like I said, that is the future. When we go back to normal, people are gonna be like, "Oh, we'll just build more robots and have them deliver. They're cheaper than you know human labor, and I mean, that affects our economy." But. We've been through that a thousand times. No, you know, I know. Manufacturing it's, it's industry, part of how the industrial age, like a lot but... of jobs go away, but a lot are formed from that. It yeah. gives us the, you know, space to innovate and design and make new jobs. No, for sure. That's true. That's true. And you have to be smarter to build a robot. So hopefully that just, you know, raises the bar on education and intellect, which yeah, would yeah. make me very enthused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a it's a really strange, complicated, conflicted time. And I think I've just been kind of going about it, trying to enjoy the best of both worlds and put the worst of both worlds in my good to know file. Totally off topic, but yeah. still on topic uh, with robots. Yeah. Have you seen these... <laughs> oh have you seen these just for our home building stuff? Have you seen the 3D printed housing? No. It's it's this giant cement machine that has all these tubes and everything and then it runs on these giant steel tracks and it'll pour cement in whatever form of a house you want. So you can make your own like cement structure, domes, whatever. 3D prints your house. I don't know how it's I feel incredible. about that. I don't know. I know you're like such a tech guy and you love that shit, it. but it kind of, I'm like Joe Rogan questioning Elon Musk. <laughs> I'm just like, but I like building. Like, I don't want a robot to do that. <laughs> it takes away work ethic. People won't know work ethic without that kind of stuff. I hey, once dated when nothing this... gets clogged, believe you me, it's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, robots can do that. They can do like the sewage shit. 
Give yeah. them the shitty projects, quite literally. Yeah, they don't mind. Make That would be like an improvement because that makes it easier on people. Mm-hmm. Then no one has to do that. Hey, some people like that, you know? I don't know anybody that's like, you know what? I love working in shit. I love my job in sewage. You ever watch uh, It's Always Sunny, Charlie Day? He's like the janitor friend of theirs. That... No, but he's that same birthday as me. Oh, it's hilarious. He loves his job. He loves cleaning the toilets. He loves, you know, Okay, so maybe rats. some people do, I guess. I'm sure anyway. there's some out there. Um, all right. So is there anything that you've learned in quarantine? Because, you know, we're we're out of quarantine here in San Bernardino, which means we're going to wrap up Habam in quarantine now. And it's probably next episode will be our last of this, you know, special season. Yeah. Moving forward. So yeah. I want to talk a little bit about what you've learned in quarantine. Um, I think we've talked about a lot of these things, what we've learned and what we, what, what, what are you... I mean, so I, what I've learned in quarantine, I think overall, like my, like, I guess what, if, if this were a Thanksgiving meal Mm -hmm. and we were giving thanks to the, to the quarantine being (laughs) turkey, (laughs) what would you say going around the table that you're most grateful for given this time? Reflection. Yes. Of reflection. Yeah. No, for me, it's like reflection oh. on uh, our entire life, what we were doing before it happened, um, how we got to step back. We've talked about, you know, in this time, having having us not have as much stress on us. Um, my regret last time, I think, we mm-hmm. talked about was that I was a little late to the quarantine game yeah. because I was in such go mode. I was going 120 miles an hour and it took me longer to slow down than most people some people just came to a screeching halt like I kept my projects going and I think I wish I would have stepped back a little earlier so I think what I'm thankful for is even though I stopped later I'm happy I did stop or I got to that pause moment where it was like oh okay wait now I've slowed this is great I think it took you so long to slow down because you thought it was gonna last a lot longer true and it still could we don't know that Still um, we don't know. Yeah. I think the thing that I'm most grateful for is, I mean, kind of the same thing. It's so funny. Again, I was talking to Brooke yesterday and she was like, oh, I'm so over hearing people say like, oh, you know, this is so great because you now we have without the con- constraints and stresses of finances and time. She's like, that's all I'm thinking about. Right. And I laughed <laughs> and I go, I have to tell you, I'm one of those people because <laughs> for me, it really has been, what do you want your focus to be? Where do you want the next chapter of your life to take you? And I think for me, it really did allow me to get off the hamster wheel and be still. And I really welcomed quarantine. I've had it easier than most. I'm a homebody. I don't really feel like my life was that impacted except for financial loss. I think my one regret for quarantine, and I don't even know if I regret it all that much, is after being in LA with the roads closed and stuff like that, that I didn't spend more time in Los Angeles. Cause always like everyone always says, Oh, LA is so great during Christmas and New Year's. Mm-hmm. You know, all the actors go home to their hometowns. <laughs> Tourists aren't here. It's just like the city's very quiet and filled with locals. And I've never gotten to experience that. And I always wondered what it would be like for LA to be quiet. Mm-hmm. So having experienced that this last weekend made me wish that I had experienced it more really soaked it up yeah but hey i still have another two months well and it was very nice like um the day that we came back to joshua tree we woke up we 
took a walk, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, Murphy, yeah. the dog, and it was it was beautiful because it so was quiet. it was quiet. It yeah. was nice. Like I mean, that's guys, that's a normal LA like eight a.m. though. That yes. people don't wake up till noon. Yes and no. But you do hear the hum normally of all the traffic. Yeah, it was it was really quiet. I know my roommate. Uh, did uh, she avoided a parking ticket? So I'm sure that's something she's grateful for. Mm-hmm. I do like the leniency. Hey, parking tickets are back though. At least you, in some. You did see one. I they're saw. just not. There's not as many parking enforcement officials out, so there's not as many tickets being distributed. I think. Mm-hmm. But what is nice is like when we went to Trader Joe's, the gates to pay were lifted mm-hmm. at certain places. Maybe they they're being lifted at essential places because when we went to Target, they were not lifted. You still had to pay. Right. Yeah. But I do like that, and it makes me it makes me go, why can't it be like this all the time? I don't understand. And the argument back is, well, you know, those parking places, they need money to keep up the asphalt and this and that. It's like, okay, all right, when are you going to fix that pothole that's been there for 10 years? You know what I think they actually are charging for? They're, Rent? No, they want people to pay, so they also get the fuck out of the parking lot because longer you stay the longer you pay and they need circulation because if those people are just staying in the parking lot all day and nobody else can come in i think people are like oh i need to watch my dime like i don't want to pay another two dollars for another 15 yeah that's a good point i mean those places should absolutely validate then i don't Mm -hmm. feel like you should have to pay to go spend money somewhere. I agree. Yeah. That's so dumb. I wasn't raised that way in Nevada. You weren't raised that way in Arizona. No, and like, it also is just going to like kill brick and mortar and everything's going to be online, which is fine to some degree, but then yeah, I go Lola back to Yeah, Lola shows jobs. up with your, you know, new cardigan. It's not a bad thing. No, it's cool, but it's still concerning. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess that, that lends to like, what do you hope goes back to normal and what do you think that we got out of this that you hope stays? I, I'll be happy when Instagram models aren't doing, you know, photos of masks and everything. One of the funny things, uh, talking to Mari when we were back in town was, um, there was a red bandana sitting in the middle of the street and it was so funny. Rachel was like, is that, is that your bandana? I was like, it looks well, exactly it was like right it. outside my car. Yeah, but it was soaking wet. And so I'm holding it with like two fingers. Like, I, I don't know if this is mine. It's so weird. Turns out Mari's shown us videos of her on Instagram, you know, like taking a photo shoot. This was the most funny thing I've ever heard. She's like uh, coming out of the water with the mask. But then she's like gagging and choking. She's like, I never knew what it felt like to be waterboarded. Yeah, because like... I waterboarded myself. <laughs> yeah, I waterboarded myself. Well, she was laying on the beach with a <laughs> handkerchief tied around her mouth. And then a wave came over her. And then yeah. she was like, fuck, I didn't think that through. But she tried to like make it, you know, sexy and cool, like coming out of the water with that. But meanwhile, if you've ever seen waterboarding videos or know what it is, it's the worst torture that yeah. a human can She endure. was like, Jesus, that was horrible. Um, this is really funny. I don't know where I was going with that nor if it had any merit to uh, your question. But... To what you hope stays with us, waterboarding? You want waterboarding. Bring waterboarding back. I hope people stop back. waterboarding themselves. Oh, boy. And move on. Um, stop torturing yourself, people. <laughs> I raise this question because I always just go back to when I think about 9-11. And I think 9-11 impacted me... 
in a very unique way because that's my sister's birthday. My grandma oh, was supposed right. to come out. I got up early to to get ready for school, and I saw the second plane hit live on like uh, Good Morning America hmm. or the Today Show. And then my grandma couldn't fly out, and I didn't really realize I was very aloof and flighty in high school. I didn't really realize how serious it was, and when everything like the domino effect happened after that and we saw the airports change and security go up and you know mm. you can't bring water in because apparently like you can make bombs out of liquid and yeah. just all this stuff well you remember when you could actually go up to the gate to, yep i do you know yeah and then we couldn't do family. that anymore and mm. so i guess i'm looking at covid the same way i look back at that now as i wonder what's here to stay are those, you know, we've talked about this in a previ- previous episode, are those spit guards going to stay up? Are the masks going to stay for, like, forever? Like, what what is going to take and what isn't? And then I started thinking about what I hope takes and what I hope doesn't. Honestly, I can't do the masks. I feel very claustrophobic when you're in the desert specifically. It's very hot. It's too hot. doesn't help that my mask is black. Yeah. <laughs> it gets really hot there. <laughs> Um, I think you I, said that when we left, like, the coffee shop or something, you, you thought I was frustrated. You're like, yeah, you just gas, gas. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I just took off the mask. <laughs> like, yeah, I, no. I needed fresh air. It gets very, very hot for me in there. It could just be my fiery yeah. voice, <laughs> my fiery <laughs> attitude coming out of my mouth and the words I say. Uh, so I'm not thrilled about the idea of masks sticking around. I do, I do hope that people take more you know, precautions with washing their hands and things like that. Cause I just think it's gross when people don't wash their hands after they pee and like are in a public bathroom and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I, I obviously hope that we can get more cleaning products that they're more available to people and people keep their homes cleaner. And I don't know, I, I know this isn't going to happen. That's why I say it loosely. I hope, I hope people prioritize carving out more time to do that self-reflection and take a minute and take a pause and take a breath to figure out what what isn't making them happy and what they should do because that's what I did I mean I think when I had this time to really reflect and it's like okay I can't be in LA auditioning I have to be in the desert working on the house it made me wonder like what where my anxiety was actually lying in life. And okay, if, if this particular thing makes me anxious, why am I doing it? Is it worth it? I, I don't know. I, I like that it caused me to take a take a beat and I had an excuse to take a beat and reevaluate things. And I feel way more clear on who I am as a person, what I want in life. And, and yeah, I think you're totally right. I think that's what we have to take from it. Um, the only thing we can take is what we've learned from it specifically in this moment. I don't think people are going to remember this. No, they're not. Um, That's why I prefaced yeah. it the Just way Just like did. remember the Alamo. Uh, always remember 9-11. Like there's always these remember this, remember this. And, and I think people are very soon to forget it. Like I don't think people think twice about uh, security at the airport and why it's there anymore. Yeah. You know, that is not on their radar yeah it was from this incident that happened and that's why everything changed people are going to forget this is only a couple couple months in a blip of our lives you know people are very quick to forget so as long as we take what we learn personally in this moment and we remember the feeling we have now we can go forward you know yeah um i guess here we are at our quarantine memes portion of the podcast, I have found some good ones. Would you like me to share them? Yes. Sorry, I'm responding to some uh, 
Yeah, Kevin didn't text. turn his phone off. Remember that one episode uh, where he is... completely called me out for having my phone on? Baby. That was family. Hey, this is morning coffee uh, <laughs> quarantine episode. He goes, I have you... workers on a job site right now. <laughs> we got work to do. Okay, here are quarantine memes. Okay, this is perfect that this one came up first. This, yeah. this is something I do like about the masks. If you wear a face mask, your coworkers can't smell the alcohol in your breath. Oh, gosh. Now, my concern is not the alcohol. It's just bad breath in general. I do like that it's a bad breath guard. Yeah. And I do like that it confronts the person with bad breath immediately that they have bad breath. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was so funny. They should have a, uh, a mask that, you know, if your breath's bad, it changes colors, you know? So, it's like a reminder <laughs> a for people. Mask. A mood mask. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that is very helpful. I do enjoy that aspect of feeling like even if people are close talkers that they're not gonna like suffocate you that's cool i guess the thing here is really just always look on the bright side yeah the bright side really just yeah it's nicer it's helpful yeah Yeah. um another is great over here (laughs) another quarantine meme is of toy story it's a split screen and it has uh, the person on Toy Story, and he says, me on the last day of quarantine. Thanks, guys. And he's looking at all the toys that are sitting on the doorstep he just walked away from. And they say, so long, partner. And each of the toys is labeled something different. Sleep, no stress, incognito mode, free time, memes, video games. Oh, that something here just reminded me. It's also great for celebrities, the masks, because mm. it hides them from paparazzi. Oh, so I think that's kind of cool, too. That's true. Did I tell you about the one time I was watching a movie at the DGA, some screening? No. And I had parked my motorcycle outside, and I came out, and paparazzi were just taking photos, going crazy of me. And I was like, this is so odd. What the heck? And so I walk up to my bike, and I look right next to me. Oh, it was uh, Inglorious Bastards um, oh. when that came out. But there's a bike parked right next to mine. It's only our bikes. And it said Inglorious Bastard on the bike. And it was Brad Pitt's bike that he had like taken to the oh, screening for the Q&A afterwards. Funny. And as soon as I got close and everyone realized, you know, oh, that's not Brad Pitt. No. All the cameras down. Just like, You do look around. like Christian Bale with a mask on, though. Yeah, he wasn't in that movie. So. <laughs> I know. But... <laughs> uh, okay, this one relates to our quarantine episode, Relationships in Lockdown. It's a girl who kind of looks like Rihanna. I don't know if it's Rihanna. It's very pixelated. This is from Quarantine Memes Queen. And it says, me after quarantine, ghosting all the men I made filthy promises to. And it's just this girl laying on the bed, like in a very sensual position. But I picked that because it's funny. (laughs) Again, going back to relationships and lockdown, it is going to be like all of these... (laughs) you know, connections that you made when you realize there are other fish in the sea again, you're like, oh, yeah, no, I didn't mean any of that. (laughs) Uh, You were there for a reason. Not a full season. Not definitely not a lifetime. This is also from Quarantine Memes Queen. God, I have quite a few from her uh, or him. This says, people in 2021, how did you survive 2020? And then it says, me. I just kept looking at memes and it kept working. (laughs) (laughs) Here's another one from the same um, account. It's a picture of a crane with its leg extended towards an impending uh, wave. And the crane is labeled me, and the wave is labeled my state reopening. So it's like you're you're tiptoeing into it. (laughs) You're testing the waters a little bit. 
Yeah, she says, things are slowly starting to open down here in Miami, but my gym, nail salon, hair salon, and job are all still, still closed. This this one's very funny. Again, this came from Quarantine Memes Queen. I swear, they're all from there, which is so funny because I just did a Google search. Good for this girl. Yeah. She's on it. Okay, so this has January 2020, Australia is on fire. February 2020, Kobe dies. March 2020, COVID-19 is coming to kill us. April 2020, economy tanks, UFOs are real. May 2020, giant murder hornets, you are here. (laughs) (laughs) And then it goes on to explain June, July, August, September. It's pretty funny. Should we we read the following months? Yeah. I'm not in front of the computer. I want to June. Know. Underground crab people are discovered and they eat humans. July. Apes with guns on horseback come for the human race. August. Godzilla comes out of the ocean and he's pissed. September. Zombie outbreak as a result of the COVID-19 vaccine testing. We had all the signs, people. October. We've my little warned. pony turns out to be real and they eat human also. <laughs> Uh, humans also. November, second wave of crab people. December. <laughs> second wave of crab people. I don't know this. This it. must be a reference I don't know. Cthulhu? C-T-H-U-L-H-U? I don't know. Maybe that's some Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter reference. This. I don't know. Comes oh. out of the ocean and he's pissed. January 2021, aliens invade planet Earth. February 2021, Cleveland Browns win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Uh, people, you'd make that joke about the Cubs winning the World Series, but yeah, we we Ooh, crushed that. Jokes on you. March twenty twenty one, Rapture. April twenty twenty one, Avengers five comes out. <laughs> That's where it stops. Next meme: girls with one thousand dollar face wash, and then it's a picture of a person who just looks like their face has been eaten by maggots. Really. And then the second picture is, speaking of Star Wars, a picture of Hayden Christensen looking beautiful. And it says, guys with the bar of soap they wash their balls with. That's true. I started washing my face with the bar of soap you wash your balls with, and my face has never been more clear. Yeah. <laughs> it's ball oil. Um, this one should about. come as no surprise. Same account. My coworkers and me ready for another day of Zoom meetings. It's four guys walking down the street. You know, business attire and then like Chippendale's booty shorts with socks and shoes and no pants. Business up top, quarantine on the bottom. (laughs) Uh, This is from, oh my God, why I always, it's not from us. What's the other movie that came out by? um, You? That was a TV show. It's not you. I don't know. The one, oh my God, references. why am I, I can see his face. I can see all their faces, can remember none of the actors' names. The TV show? Key and Peele. Oh. Jordan Peele's yeah. first movie, debut movie. Get Out? Get Out. Thank you. Oy. No, I was saying Get Out. <laughs> get out of here. Okay, this is a still from Get Out, and it says me watching y'all go first outside. <laughs> it's that scary woman. Yeah. Oh, God. The grandma, the woman yeah. that the grandma was trapped inside of. Yeah, she was terrifying. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one is coming out of quarantine, like, and it shows, <laughs> it shows a girl raising her eyebrows, which is wrinkles, which insinuates she hasn't been able to get her Botox injections. The next picture is a girl with just like horrible roots because she's blonde. The third picture is of another girl with her eyelids, 
eyelash extensions falling apart. And then the fourth one is a picture with a girl with acrylic nails totally grown out to where the nail starts at the tip. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, so those are all the memes. They will be available on this week's page as well. So make sure that you check yeah. them out for yourself. Hey, that's impressive if she hadn't broken a nail by that I time. know. I mean, yeah. I break my real nails. I don't know how these people do it. With the long ones like Khloe Kardashian, I'm like, good for yeah. you, girl. Okay, so the last thing we're going to do on this week is I meant to do this last week and forgot. Carol had responded to, uh, she had asked Kevin that question, if you remember, two weeks ago. And she had responded, so we're going to read her response. I really wanted to hear her response. And then Kevin has more to say. Uh, this This is long. I might just read parts of it. We can break it into sections if you want. Hello to you both and thanks for raising my question. Kevin was of course correct when he said that all men are individuals. I feel, however, that some suffer a sense of insecurity when being ignored by the emotionally more energetic person. I have only ever used this tactic as part of a two-pronged approach to force a response to what I feel is an important issue that needs resolving but instead is conveniently ignored either through denial or perhaps even fear. She then goes on to explain how her husband's been affected by changes in his business and now changes because of COVID-19 in his business. He basically got into a really bad depression, which affected her. She was doting on him and she finally decided she's not going to do that anymore. She's been considering his feelings. He's not considering hers or how his behavior affects her and the responsibilities that she now has because of his behavior. So... she's been doting on him actually from far. He went to one of their, you know, beach houses or other properties and, you know, just to kind of get away, take a breather, whatever that might be. Um, And she's been checking in on him. He hasn't been answering. And then it turns around where he feels that the relationship is getting, you know, uh, in grave danger. And so he starts reaching out and it causes her to, stop responding because she's already done all this work she's put all this in and now she's maybe feeling resentful towards him and it's this back and forth well the way i perceived it Mm -hmm. is that she was doing again to apply it to how bitches are made because i think it is Mm -hmm. she was doing all this stuff to cater to him and at some point was like my needs are not being met and not only are my needs not being met i'm not able to meet my own needs because i'm taking care of him i'm going to start putting myself first if he won't so she's like he can take care of himself the same way I can take care of me now. And then he starts to realize, wait, she's not doting on me. What's wrong? And he he's now calling her and doing all those things. And I always tell girls, this is the trick. Why men love bitches. It's not, oh, well, I'm going to do this to punish him. It's I'm going to do this for me because I need to take care of me. And it's not done out of resentment. It's done out of necessity. And therein, the, the effects give you that result that you want, but you're not taking that action to get that result. Because if that is what you do, you won't get that result. Right. And I I think I mean resentment being that she does have to take care of herself. And, yeah. you know, which that's that's fine. But I do think that leads to resentment on both sides. And Carol, I think you are, I'm, I'm hearing one side of it, but I think you are 100% in the right here. Um, I do think he was hiding and going away and trying to deal with his problems by shutting down and putting himself in his own little safe box that he could do, but he wasn't thinking about anybody else. He, he's being selfish. And I, being a guy, 
have been that same exact boat. My last relationship, my last girlfriend, it wasn't a right fit. And when I shut down, it was because I couldn't be a part of that relationship anymore. Now, I don't know the situation with your husband, but he does have a family. Um, I understand you guys have children and you've been dealing a lot with the children on your own as well as taking care of him. And I don't think that's fair. I don't think um, that's healthy in any way because you sound like you are in a loving relationship and that's why you're reaching out to him. Him shutting down is not fair to you. You taking care of yourself is 100% fair to you. you. That's what you should be doing. And you sound like a very strong woman. Sounds like he's in a weak spot. I don't know what his situation is and if it's going to change. And I hope everything works out. And I hope that you guys can have clear communication and get past this. But on either end, I don't think that's fair to somebody else. Like, I don't think it's fair to leave and not respond to text, phone, anything like that. If you're in a marriage with children, with all this going on, I think communication is 100% key. Any arguments Rachel and I ever have? Yeah, sometimes you need a breather. You need to go off, be in your own thing. And like Rachel will tell me, hey, Kevin, I just need time right now. I just, you know, it's not you. I just need this. That's fine. But then you come together and have a conversation about it. So... I think a bigger issue here, too, is that guys, and this is no secret, it's been brought to light very recently, guys don't deal with emotional problems well. They, they don't. They are not given the same, you know, we talk a lot, we talk a lot about equality and how guys are given, guys are given privileges that girls are not, but girls are given privileges that guys are not. And this is one of those privileges. Girls have the privilege of being emotional and being more forthcoming with their what they're dealing with, where guys are actually discouraged from doing that. So they don't know how to cope. They don't know how to react. They don't know how to communicate or express yeah. what they need because they don't even know what they need. Yeah. Like we talked about um Girls have a built-in clan. Girls can talk to each right. other way easier than guys can talk to each other. It's like For sure. But guys yeah. can also talk to girls. And yeah. I think that they feel it's emasculating to be emotional. And, it, and it's not. I don't think it's that. I think guys are afraid to talk to girls because guys feel that if they talk to girls, girls are going to talk to all their girlfriends. Oh, interesting. You know, so like being vulnerable to one person, if it's your best friend and you can trust them, great. I feel like I can tell you it's anything so funny. without it getting around. You know I'm I mean? way more apt to talk about your penis size than I am what's going on in your heart. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, but that is the truth. They're both big, you know? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I think, I, think uh, I wonder if that's what she's getting at, though, that mm. like they're... When guys that are listening, when when things are going on with you emotionally, I think it is the most important to talk to your partner about it, and yeah. you got to get over whatever the fear is. And I was the same way, Carol. I I would shut down and just do my own thing. I wouldn't talk to anybody, and that's not healthy. But that last relationship did soften my shell a little bit. It made me more emotionally inclined to talk about things because I felt like I hit the bottom of the barrel and that opened me up more emotionally and made me think, you know, in that relationship, she was very, very emotional person and I couldn't understand her side necessarily, but 
being through it and working my way back up, I understand where her emotion was lying and where I was shutting down. And still, I, 100%, it was not a good relationship. We couldn't relate in any other way, but it made me more emotional in the way that I'm apt to talk about it now. So maybe your husband needed that, and maybe from you doing your own and not yeah maybe you needed that yeah maybe carol needed that yeah carol i think you did need it but maybe in you taking hold of your life and just you know doing you like the awesome bitch you are maybe your husband is going to respect that and you know maybe he hit the bottom of the barrel and he's going to come back up and love you more than ever i don't know yeah it's interesting i have this conversation with friends a lot i mean You and I are obviously a great match for each other, but timing is everything. It's not just about being in the right place at the right time. It's being at the right place at the right time in your emotional journeys and experiences as well. And on the same path and timeline. Yeah, for sure. Because when I met, I'm not sure that if I'd met you any sooner in my journey than I did, that our relationship would be as balanced as it is because I'm balanced. This is why we always talk about don't find somebody to complete you or make you happy. Find someone that adds to your happiness because I I tell you this all the time. Obviously, I don't want you to go anywhere, but I know that if something happened to you, like I would be okay. I would know how to take care of myself. I would still be happy. I might be a little bit more lonely, but my life would still be very full and rich and and happy. Yeah, we add to each other. You make it so much better, but... There are, there are times when you do things too because of where I'm at in my emotional journey where I can know not to feed into it. And what I mean by that is I don't take it personally to where then I have a problem and now you have a problem with me having a problem and now I have a problem with you having a problem with me having a problem. Right. It, and <laughs> then it becomes this whole thing. Yeah. That's where the miscommunication starts. So I think if you can be really clear and honest and healthy with yourself – It just makes for a healthier relationship because as she's saying in this email, when one person is suffering, as long as the other person is in control, you can, you can work through it because you're either going to, I love this. You're either going to like it and live with it. I.e. Carol would, what we mean by like it is you're going to live with it. So you accept, so you have to choose to like it and accept it and not be resentful and just be like, that's how he gets when he gets this way. And this is how I have to get when he does. Or you say, I don't like that and I'm not going to live with it. And then you, you make adjustments to berid that from your life. But again, only you have control over you. So if someone's doing something or has behavior you don't like, and it affects you in a way, adjust your behavior to where, again, you are happy. And yeah. that person will either adapt or they won't adapt. All the cards will be on the table and you can make the decisions that you need to that are best for you. Yeah. And the best relationships are two healthy people. You can't have one healthy person and one person that's not healthy. It's going to fluctuate and you can have your moods and everything. But as long as he can accept himself and accept you for the way you are and you're doing the exact same, that's communication and that's what's going to make you both more healthy. Yeah. So well, I how- think I think as long as you have somebody that's willing to grow and learn and they're unhealthy and you have another person that's healthy, I do think it can work. Um, as long as somebody's willing to grow because they'll learn by your example. You just can't And I think that's a fluctuation that's what I'm talking it. about. Like when you're down, maybe you're not unhealthy, you know, 
for now. You've been through a lot of shit, which yeah. it sounds like he has. But he's got to get up to that healthy mindset. And yeah. if he's open to it, that's great. He will get up there. And it's also... It, it sounds like it's work-related, which is, again, where it's not fair for guys, really, because you do have that pressure. And this this is what we'll talk about in season that. two. But <laughs> when you when you choose to live like life like a man, as I did, you start to realize the pressures that men face. When I'm the sole provider for me, it's very, very hard. I can't imagine being raised as a man, having to be the sole provider for me, set up my life, get a house, do this, do that, so that I can then take care of a wife or a husband and then take care of the kids that we end up having with each other. That is a lot of pressure for a guy. And it's, it, it is an easier road just historically, but it's still a challenging road. And when I say it's an easier road, I mean, it's an easier road for men right now than it is for women just because we have to break the mold a little bit more. But it's it's challenging no matter how you look at it. And it's a lot of pressure. So when you are a man and you're failing to bring in an income or failing to keep a job or have consistency, because that's the other thing we all need, consistency and stability, it is crippling for a man because their, worth, their value comes from their, their ability to provide provide yeah. whereas a woman's value comes from her from her beauty historically which is stupid it's it's both wrong or we need to learn that that doesn't define you and it's not indicative of the value you hold as a human being yeah and i think everybody needs to get out of that black and white mentality it's going to be tough guys it can be vulnerable we've talked about that you don't have to just be the strong you know uh, breadwinner uh, women don't have to just be the cooking, cleaning, stay-at-home mom types. Um, right. Now we're living in 2020. Everybody can do both. Men, yeah, you're wearing take masks. Care of your kids. No one's going to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Men, take care of your kids. It's true, guys. Work. Guys' hair is growing long. Women, go to work, make some money, trade off with your husband on yeah. you know, the be duties. A be a yeah. partnership. Yeah, uh, we talked about this the other day. Um I, I really don't believe in allowance because I never had it growing up. My mom always was, you know, under the mindset, I cook dinner, you're doing the dishes, you know, or these are your laundry. It's a trade deal. We're, I'll help you with laundry. Let's, let's tag team this. And so we would all come together. We would do the chores and everything. The one thing that I did make money off of and taught me a responsibility was uh, like mowing the lawn or something at my grandparents' mm-hmm. house or even at home. Like there would be extra duties that would give that you responsibility. Jobs. And it's like, oh, I can make money doing extra stuff. These people that just like give their kids all this money just to do normal shit that you're going to have to do as a grown up. Well, that's why it was like they're stupid. giving the stimulus check to people 16 and over. I'm like, what do they need it for? They they're, live at home. They're giving it to 16 year olds? I that's what I that. read somewhere. Oh my I was gosh. like, that's stupid. I mean, if the 16 year old was formerly employed, fine, fair. Cool. But if you're just giving yeah. it to every 16 year old, Oh, and yeah. I was a parent with a 16-year-old. I'd be like, no, no, no. My kid lives at home. He doesn't need that money. He can give it to me. Oh, yeah. It's 16. I'd just be buying drones or, it. you know, kids are buying video games. Right. Like, they're just going to blow it all on bullshit. Yeah. But if it goes to the parents because they're not of legal age, that's different. Then I feel like, great, give the give the household more money. I'm right. in okay. support of that. But that I don't really understand. I don't really know. The but do those parents that. also get the additional $500 per kid if the kid's also getting $1,200? Um, maybe, but honestly, I, I support it. Yeah, I do too. Because <laughs> it's just, it's times are tough. Uh, yeah, all right. That's, that's all we got for today. 
Did we do it? We did it. Hey. How do you feel? And we we made it before lunch. We made it before Morning lunch. coffee. <laughs> Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. As a reminder, you can follow Kevin and I on social media. I am at the Rachel Melvin across all platforms. Kevin is at the Kevin Barrett on Instagram. Um, and then of course you can follow us. How bitches are made. We are at how bitches are made on Instagram and at Habam tweets on Twitter. As always, you can see references we made during this episode on our website at www.howbitchesaremade.com. Thank you all for joining us, and we will see you back next week for our Habam in Quarantine finale. And then look forward to our normal scripted season of Habam, uh, season two, coming soon. I don't have a release date. But as soon as I finish my reenactments with actors, it'll be ready. And I'm really excited. So thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Have a bitchin' day. How Bitches Are Made is written and produced by Rachel Melvin. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.